I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I got a very special guest on my show. This man is a street ball legend. I've definitely idolized this man coming up, trying to do his moves myself, but never really perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the main man, Bone Collector. Thank you for having me, sir. Oh, appreciate man, thank you for doing this, brother. I truly appreciate you, man. Definitely, man. So how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Loving LA, but except for the weather's a little weird right now. Cold. Like we in New York almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. used to it, man. I'm yeah. originally from New York, from the okay. Bronx, you know. But then I, I came to Tampa, Florida. I was there for 12 years, so oh. you could tell I got immune to the sun yeah, quick. Yeah, you got immune to that quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now sure. I'm here, and it's like, well, hold on. I left all my, my sweaters and, and uh, <laughs> jackets in Florida, so yeah. now I'm like, Mom, mail that back. Mail yeah, that back to me. Right now. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. So, yeah, man. So, I'm glad you're doing this today. Hey man, I just wanted to get some information from you. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that look up to you that want to know your moves, and I know you're progressing behind the scenes. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. So, but first of all, where are you originally from? Um, I'm originally from, born in Texas, raised mm -hmm. in Pasadena, California. Um, my dad brought us out here when I was about in first grade. Mm -hmm. So, from that moment on, I just embraced that Cali experience and mentality, and then. You had the privilege of living in New York for about seven years after spending my high school years here. So I lived in Harlem, Polo Grounds, for about seven years. Mm, where exactly in Harlem? Polo Grounds. Oh, okay. I don't really, I didn't oh, spend too one, much time oh, in Harlem. 155th and 8th Avenue. See, right? that, that's New York talk right there. Yeah. That's when you could tell somebody yeah. from New York. Yeah, I'm from 125th and St. Nick. Yeah, 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 when you yeah. say Polo Grounds, I'm like, okay. That one, sounds like the Poconos. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, 155th and 8th Avenue, what makes that significant to my actual, you know, legacy, because the Rucker Park is right across the street from where I stayed. Mm. You know, put two things together. I'm always practicing. It made me an animal in the court. That's what's up. So you, so you played Rucker. You yeah. Played Rucker. So I, yeah, I played Rucker five years. I got MVP every year. Mm. Um, Congrats. I averaged thirty something points a game. It was it was a one of those life changing experiences because at the time. Street ball was on a high scale, so AM1 was being watched more than the NBA at the time. Mm -hmm. So, even though I never played AM1, when you say the name Bone Collector, people always associate that with this with AM1. Yeah. And because of that, I think it it brought a lot of eye, it opened a lot of eyes to new ways to handle that ball. So. Right. You know that whole experience, my childhood being you know west west coast east coast, I, I kind of combined it all in, into what I'm doing now. Yeah, it's crazy because you know now that you mention it. You know, Rucker and N one. I thought it was one and the same because I saw players yeah. from N one playing in the Rucker. The original so. players from Rucker are the N one players. Mm, exactly. And Future. And yeah, Rafer. Rafer. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You learn something new every day. Yeah. That's what's up. So how was it growing up in Cali, man? Because you know, back in the day, you know, how you hear <laughs> yeah. crack era gangs yeah. and all that. How, I mean, how was that coming up? Like trying uh, to avoid distraction to get where you had to be. Um, it was tough. I, I, I'm just being transparent. You find yourself in situations that you don't want to be in, and you have to get your way out of them. And I believe mental health is a big, you know, issue nowadays that mm -hmm. that is not being, you know, spoken on. But growing up in Cali, you learn to strengthen your mind. Mental health was practiced when I was, you know, in this 80s, 90s. 
because we weren't in an era of, um, I would guess, believe social influence. Right. We were in an era of, if you, if you even knew a celebrity back when I was young, you wouldn't probably even go up to him. Because mm-hmm. we really believed in the, my mom instilled in us, stay away from strangers, that mentality. So it was a life-changing for me because obviously Pasadena's in between L.A. and all these surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. There's gang influence all through it. In order to maneuver out of it, you know, it was just, it's one of those things where you got to kind of look at the glass half empty. You have to say, well, this is what I'm dealing with. I have to get that out of there and put new things there. So that's how I chose to get through mine. It wasn't easy. I mean, I, I was got incarcerated, you know, I've been shot and, and all kinds of stuff. But it's just, uh, those are the things that I think that are important for kids to know now. I chose to be a bad person at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, those are choices. You, you're not, you, being good is, an, is a natural feeling. You know, mm-hmm. helping someone is natural. Right. You know, hurting someone is what takes effort. Right. So I chose to use that effort. So, in, you know, in hindsight, mm-hmm. God has allowed me to reverse that process where the kids, I can explain to them, hey, you shouldn't say certain gang terminology because these people are really gang members and they'll take it a certain way. Or you shouldn't promote certain things because these people will see it a certain way and they'll react to you a certain way, mm-hmm. cause and effect. Right. So this, in podcasts like this, this mm-hmm. is where I have the opportunity to explain those things. And California is, you know, you see it on TV as <clears throat> the Wild Wild West, and it literally is like that. Mm. Wow, man. Um, I'm glad. It sounds like all your trials and tribulations made you a stronger man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And you're mm-hmm. definitely fulfilling your purpose, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's good. So, um you know, during those times, was basketball your first dream? Like, did you always want to be a baller? Did you want to be something else before you? Um, I never, I never wanted to go to the NBA or any of that. I was more of an artist. I drew all this stuff. Oh yeah, me so, too, man. I used yeah. to look at stuff and draw. And draw, it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually going back to school for art after mm-hmm. I'm done playing, which mm-hmm. will be never because I'm never yeah. going to stop. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're done playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, art, music. You know, I rap. I'm I'm nice, super nice at rapping. Oh yeah, super nice. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna see. Well, then. <laughs> um, so you know those particular hobbies in general, but the music side of it, just you know, later on hobby as you get involved in music and you start to like it, freestyle a little bit, um, and then you know, the art was really something that I was like passionate about because I was always one of those kids who wanted to unlock the mind. Right. So I'd take a stick and a leaf. And a string, and I'd make that a person somehow. Mm. You know, I'd make that a character that can move around and walk. And so art was that for me. I could take what I'm thinking and put it on a piece of paper, and it makes sense to me. So I think that is cool. Yeah, that embrace that that embrace of you know even those hobbies probably mm. connected with the sport too. Mm. Basketball, you know, opened my mind. Right. So at what point in time did you? pick up the basketball like when was this what age were you what were you going through that you just say I want to play ball when I was uh, I, I didn't pick up a ball my dad introduced me to the game when I was about four or five years old mm. and he took me out to the court with him and he would just make me work on basic stuff pick and roll set a screen cut to the basket hard I didn't know what he was doing but mm. it was just he was basically making me a pro as a baby mm. so I never really you know the first two years I played, I didn't really dribble the ball that much because he only taught defense. Mm-hmm. He didn't teach me anything else. So I, I, cause he said, you're the smallest player on the court. They're gonna, they're not gonna pick you mm-hmm. unless you can guard everybody. Right. So if forget about scoring. If you get three steals a game, 
then you're going to be the first person picked because mm-hmm. you're going to be the person that can guard their best person. Right. Even if you get shipped, they know you're on them. So mm-hmm. that mentality was instilled in me. So by the time I was able, he gave me the ball to do something with it, he showed me different things, different tools and mechanisms that would work. And, you know, gave me three specific goals. I won't tell you what they are. Mm, but That's a secret. Those three, <laughs> those three specific goals created my game that you see today. Mm. Yep. That's good, man. They say a magician never tells his tricks. So hmm. That's what's up, man. I like that. I like that. Okay. So um, so now you're playing ball. You know, you, your dad introduced you. You got nice. And then you kind of just started, you know, getting your name known in the street by mm-hmm. just crossing people up and stuff like that. Well, I got my name, the name Bone Collector from New York in Record Park. Okay. Um, that was your first name? No, like, my original nickname is on this side of my mm-hmm. neck. It's Speedy. Mm. And it was given to me by my mother because I was fast, you know, mm. just in running. And then, so the, the actual, you know, the technical nickname Bone Collector is actually a movie. And right. with Denzel, Denzel Washington and, and Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. So when I was in New York in 2001, a friend of mine, uh, Dave Seals, called me in the middle of the night. Because I had already been torturing everybody, making people fall and, and all kinds. So the New York was buzzing. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the internet, so it was actually... The streets. The internet is a big way to promote, but the streets buzz is way different. Like, mm-hmm. you go somewhere, and if you, they talking about you in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and you just played in, in Philly, and they, it done reached all the way to the Bronx, that means all that space in between, how did it get there? Right. You got to think about that. That's word of mouth is, is, a, is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I embraced that name. He, you know, he called me and, you know, saying, you know, I think I, I got a great name for you, Bone Collector. And I was like, it, it, it was corny to me at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm not, you're not calling me that. Yeah. And he's like, I, then I heard, I was thinking about it. Because the day before, I just made somebody break their arm. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so the next, in the next day in the park, um, uh, Hannibal, EJ the mayor, Booby Smooth, they just start calling me. Um, Duke Tango, they just started calling me. The bone, the bone, bone, the bone. Yeah. And from there... The name has just, you know, it just resonated. And what I'm very happy is, for now, is being that my past has been what what is called rough, mm-hmm. that I'm getting the notoriety for the effort that I put in to change that. That's what it means the most. So kids know that, hey, you know, they probably won't get a chance to, you know, interview or talk to Kyrie about his mechanisms of basketball. Mm-hmm. But they can talk to me. Yeah. So, in, in, in hindsight... You know, that name itself is like, you know, it's bigger than the actual person. So, right. And that's why I want to keep it that way. That's awesome, man. That's a great story, man. Mm. So, um, but wait, you, you kind of zoomed past you making somebody break their arm. <laughs> before you tell that story, what was, do you remember the first time you made somebody like fall, break their ankle, so to speak? Man, I've been doing that since I was... You don't remember the five. first time it happened? Nah, nah. It, it just, I, I, you got to think about it. I've made someone fall every time I play mm. for the last 40 years. Or, excuse me, let's see, I've been hooping for about over 20-something years. So, You're that's hard to remember everything. Well, <laughs> tell me about the arm-breaking incident. Oh, uh, well, I remember that one. <laughs> um, guy was hand-checking on the hip. Yeah. I put the ball, as his hand was out, I put the ball around his arm really fast so he could get his hands off my hip. And then okay. as soon as he took his hand off my hip, I threw it through his legs. Okay. And then since his arm was up, uh-huh. he turned and he put this arm down, but he was turned the other way. So it snapped. Oh. Yeah. And he broke it. And they and they were like, 
you know, everybody was freaking out. Like, hi, this is this is who did he kick him or? <laughs> and I was like, man, you know, I don't like to, you know, give people threats, but it's very dangerous to guard me if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Oh man, <laughs> you know, I I seen the video. It's crazy. Like I, like every now and then on Facebook, I'll see a video of you crossing somebody, somebody up. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, yo, son. I just start watching it and just. It just makes me reminisce of those days when I yeah. used to bootleg the N one tapes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what and I'm it's even even more you know special to know that you've supported it and it's still yeah going. man. What's with what's with N one? Do you know anything behind the brand as far as what they're doing to move that culture forward, or are they um, kind of just? I don't know the ins and outs of what they're doing to move the culture forward, but they are doing some big things right now as we speak with uh, uh, remodeling courts and setting up live events. Oh, okay. uh, I went to one recently with Kevin Garnett. It was dope. It was out in L.A. Mm. And then not too far from here where they repainted the court. Uh, they gave us, you know, gave out gifts and KG gave a nice little speech. And I, I, I wish I was there um, uh, prior to his speech because I would have wanted to play the kids first and do that. But mm. it was dope, though. They're, they're pretty pretty much trying to revamp it. That's cool as hell, man. Yeah, actually, that you mentioned Kevin Garnett, that's my favorite basketball player of mm. all time. All the time, everybody say Jordan and LeBron and Kobe. I mean, I love them too, but mm. it was just something about KG's game. He was just mad dominant, <laughs> and you know, not yeah. not like Shaq, but still, it was just something about KG. Man. Yeah, like he was a he was a monster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. So um, so what's so what's new with you as far as like beyond basketball? You know, because we know you you shake and bake on the court. You do that all day. You know, but are you expanding your your brand into different uh, yeah. avenues? Yep, I am working on. A lot of different things. I just was featured on NBA Live mm -hmm. video game. Congrats, um, man. I'm launching um, my new collab with my company Lasso. Mm -hmm. Collab with the clothing line. Yeah. That's okay, that's it right, right there. Right uh -huh. Good stuff. Um, signature line of shorts. What I'm wearing right now. Okay. Uh huh. Oh, okay. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, working on some shoe, some shoe uh, deals that are not solidified yet, but some, some nice lucrative offers that are coming in for some, from some big companies. I don't want to say any names because mm -hmm. I signed nine disclosures. That's fine. Um, I do personal training with NBA players. I've just recently been working with James Harden, showing him a couple of things. On, okay. You know, some, just some moves, some intricate moves for the NBA Live video game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'll be training uh, some NBA guys this summer. So when you know, I say expanding my brand, I am, and I'm making sure as I do it, um, I don't want to, you know, I like seamless camaraderie. So mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, business is a tough world. I don't think that people know that. Mm -hmm. Business is, it's no emotion involved in it. And when there is emotion, business gets, you know, shaky. Mm -hmm. So being that I am a, a young African-American man and I didn't learn the, the necessities of money and finances and what I should do at, the, at a young age, mm -hmm. this is a good time for me to be dealing with this stuff now. Cause I know exactly what I need to do and what I shouldn't do, and right. you know the brand is growing. You know I got you know support all over the world now. That's great, man. Well, how do you feel about that? The fact that they don't teach us finance and business, you know, at an earlier age, like in our school system and stuff uh, like that. No, I just think it's a part of the program. To be honest, you know, a lot of things I won't say on camera when mm -hmm. it comes to that. But I think that <clears throat> once you realize that you are involved in a program that is depriving you of information, it's your job to search for it. Right, that so, makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. And that's yeah. exactly what I did. Yeah, so. and then the bumps in the road, which unfortunately you don't want to have to go through, you're gonna have to, mm. until you. It takes people like us to, or not just us, but more people that are a little up in age, 
a little older, a little you know more knowledgeable about that to mm. enlighten them, like what we're doing now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. So, um, is there any possibility you might have opportunity to play in the NBA? In the, in the mm, near there's future? always an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, do, how is it? Like, do you sign up for tryouts, or they got to call um, you and pick for, you? I, I train NBA players, so I'm not allowed to discuss the, the process of how they go about doing it. But mm -hmm. everything's always uh, opportunity driven, so to speak. So mm -hmm. there's always G League tryouts. There's always summer league. There's always overseas. There's always a lot of different avenues to get to the league, and I'm gonna keep myself in all of those avenues until I get there. And I'm not. My thing is um, getting to the NBA is a mentality. Okay. So. If you're in there or out of there, if Iverson is in the NBA or out of the NBA, does it change the fact that he's Iverson? No. Oh. So that mentality is what I practice every day. I'm already there. Mm. Hey, you know mm. what I'm saying? So definitely, that's great, sure. man. Nah, that's great, man. Now let me let me ask you a personal question. Did you did you mean to lose weight? Cause it's crazy. Like when I first saw you, you uh, kind of cocked like yeah. a pistol. You know? Yeah. And I saw you yesterday, and I was like, wow, he, he lost well, weight. Well, I had to trim down to. I'm 40, so I had to trim mm. down to compete on the highest level I can against mm. the the athletes are changing to you know they're, they're everybody's flying around athletic yeah. and jumping running around and I'm I'm personal when it comes to basketball and I don't believe my man should score mm. you know even if he does score it should be tough you right. know so I with the excess weight kept me from doing playing how I wanted to play on defense mm. so I lost weight to lock people down really. So oh, I can okay. always be in front of them. Because obviously on offense, there's nothing. If anybody guards me, I personally know that they're going to get tortured. Right. So I use that energy for defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. And, and how was that process? You know, because I'm not going to lie, I struggle with losing weight. So hmm. what did you do? Did you just like run all the time? Did you stop lifting um, weights? Like, Well, I, I play basketball four times a day. Mm. I work out three times a day in mm -hmm. a mix of all of that. Um, I eat healthy. Um... And to be honest, the easiest way for me to lose weight, the easiest way I lost weight is I would fast in the morning and then I would use my fuel in something simple as, you know, just a scoop of like coconut oil for mm -hmm. breakfast. Boom. And now your body learns to pull from other areas instead of what's in it already, what you're putting in it. It worked for me, not sure if it'll work for everyone, but. You know, it's a work in progress, actually. You, you, right. you have to, one thing about losing weight or changing your body is once you change it, you have to maintain it. Mm -hmm. So the hard part is not losing weight, it's keeping it off. You probably went up and down weight for your whole life. Right. That's, what, yeah. that's how weight is. It's never going to be one way. So I figured let's be on the other side of that instead of me being, I, you know, I went to, I got incarcerated a while back. So mm -hmm. when I came home, I was 225. I was all big. I was still dangerous, but I wasn't agile as I should be. Right. So I'm just maximizing my athleticism and, you know, those little tweaks and not eating after nine is always good too. Mm. Yeah, that, that's the part I struggle with because I sleep late. I yeah. go to bed like two in the morning. So, yeah. you know, you once one o'clock hit, I'm like, damn, son, what Every And now yeah. they're making it easy for you to get food with all these different Postmate, oh my yeah. God. I, I just ordered some shit from there last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, but you know, but it's like you said, it's a work in progress, yeah. my brother. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, do you see, like, and you also mentioned, you know, you, you, you like music back in the day and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. you get into art when you start playing ball, but do you foresee yourself getting into music, like, seriously? Why? Because, um, I mean, you're obviously not going to stop balling, so that'll be yeah, music um, be secondary. I always let God, you know, lay it out for me. I'm good at everything, I believe, so 
if it's laid out for me, I can walk in any area. So when you say taking a music industry serious, who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? Depending on, you know, what avenue. I like to take a realistic approach. I don't want to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to, I'll do this, that, and third. And music, no, music is a little big, it's a big market. Mm. So to take it serious, that's a that's a it's a stretch to take it serious. That means mixtapes, albums, blah blah blah. Shows. Yeah, shows. I mean, you can anybody can put a beat on and you know say some nice things, but can you carry a crowd? Can you you know mm -hmm. you know do those things? So who knows? I've been able to do it on the court, basketball court. Who knows? I might be able to do it off the court. Right. Well, you know, I wish you much success with that if that time sure. ever comes, man. Tell me, where do you see yourself in five years? Hmm, where do I see myself in five years? I see myself trying my best to get rid of this homeless problem in Los Angeles in mm -hmm. five years. Okay, that's mm -hmm. good, man. Why is that? Why does that mean so much to you? Um, because you know I had the privilege of you know knowing and getting close to some people that were in those situations, and some of those guys are my best friends. I went down there with a couple families, ate, tried to get them out of that situation. Um, Seeing that they have been neglected and put in their own community of what is called misfits, so to speak, mm -hmm. and the services that are allowed for them to succeed are a little, I would assume, I don't want to say bad, but I want to say not uh, conducive to their situation. Mm -hmm. I think that things can be done different. I'm just going to go about my approach on how I can, and, and it's everything's in. And, and in your eyes, it's in your right in your face. You know, mm -hmm. Staples Center's there, Skid Row's there. Right. You can see both differences. So I think that there's, there has to be middle ground. Mm -hmm. So in five years, I hope I can do something with with the, whatever influence I have to, you know, fix that problem. You know, mm -hmm. starting with, you know, opening up facilities. I'm pretty sure there's always there's always facilities down there, but where they have to go in and complete courses to have residence, you know, they don't have to pay for residence, you have to complete rehab or complete certain, you know, aspects of curriculum too. Just so they're always, you know, doing something opposite of what they've been used to. Right, right, right. So, five years, that's what I'm, I want to do. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I noticed the problem in the home, especially this area, you know, I try my best, you know, give them food. I gave them a bunch of clothes I don't use, just, you yeah. know I mean, just cause, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, yeah. it felt good, but it's like, damn, is it really helping them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they underneath the highway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not, and you know, that's the hard thing for me is um, appreciation of um, a, a person or people has dropped. So, mm. there's a void for appreciation. You know, if you're not popular, then people will feel like they're not worth much. So, I don't, I don't think that's a good philosophy for kids to follow. So, I'm going to do my best to, you know, burn that, that, mindset away yeah i think uh yeah i noticed that especially out here man I, do you think social media plays a part in that with people having like f so many followers that in someone's mind it kind of like they're at a bigger status yeah um <laughs> I, I would say social media obviously does that it, it creates separation um you know in some cases you have you know um kids who are you know, really non, in, or, or I would say not involved in the sport as much. They may like the sport, but they're not, you know, diehard athletes. Mm -hmm. They're just fans. Right. 
And because they have the ability to get online and say things about you from afar, not me in particular, but, you know, whoever, um, from afar, it creates distance Mm -hmm. between the connection between people. And if, especially if it's negative quotes. Mm. So you get, you know, someone in Wisconsin and someone in Maine, I mean, in New York, or someone in Seattle and someone in, in you know, Chicago. They don't even know each other, but they're able to verbally have a jousting match mm-hmm. between each other. That creates negative energy. And that's, if it's, if it's everywhere, then it's, the problem is real. Mm. You know, so... You get what things like cyberbullying and bullying is at all time high in the yeah. world we're living in. So those things affect those things affect the world we live in. So as an influencer, you know, when you have a million people watching you do what you do things, you need to be on your P's and Q's number one. Then you need to recondition the situation. And that's what I try to do with my, my channels. That's good, man. Yeah, cyberbullying. I, I notice it is at an all-time high because I guess more people have access to you, and then mm-hmm. if your skin ain't thick, yeah, you know, it's gonna bother you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, I agree, man. So, t- uh, what was uh, so back back to the basketball stuff? You know, I feel like the conversation kind of took a toll, kind of got a little sad. <laughs> yeah, got a little sad. Let's prep it up. I know, right? So, t- tell me, what was the toughest person you played against? Allen Iverson. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why is that? Um, he was Allen Iverson. Okay. Oh, so he was already the Yeah, this is 2001. Name. Okay, okay. Yeah. This is after he crossed Jordan up. Yeah, it was after that. Mm-hmm. Iverson, um, there's a few. All NBA guys, Gilbert Arenas, Kobe, all those mm-hmm. guys. Tough players. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been crossed up? My dad used to do it all the time. That's, that's the only person... I mean, I, I can't, I, there's no move I'm going to go for, so it's impossible for me to, I believe, to get crossed up. Mm-hmm. Crossed up meaning how I do other people? Nah, because I don't foresee that happening either. But just, you know, got caught reaching. And it... Oh, you're always going to get, I mean, basketball is a game of, do you playing defense, you should be getting crossed over. Mm-hmm. You should be. Okay. Yeah. So, on that note, I mean, you should always, you know, you put yourself in positions to get crossed over. I learned from Muggsy Bogues. If someone raises the ball up and they cross it over, once the ball goes this way, it's a secret. Once it goes this way, it can't don't go down. That's when you can put your hand on the ball. Mm. So you want to get crossed, actually. Mm. So as soon as it goes, you got it. So remember when Iverson's crossover was real deadly, people started picking that crossover. Yeah. They wait for it to come here and reach around your body. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I chose to take my mechanisms and switch that, where if you think you're going to reach across my body. I don't threw the ball through your legs or somewhere. You didn't even know where it was at. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. when we were on set yesterday and you threw the ball through my legs, <laughs> I had somebody filming that and <laughs> I posted it and people do not believe I was acting. And they were like, oh my God, yeah, no, you got crossed act- up. He was acting yesterday. <laughs> it was a scene. You see? I didn't get crossed up. I could play some ball, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but you're very talented, my brother. I That's appreciate awesome, that. Man. Oh, man. So, what was that for yesterday? Because we were on set together, we were working, you were yeah. acting. Which, good job, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, that was a new show out. Uh, I'm standing on Disclosure, but as soon as we shot the first episode, it is called Starized. Mm. Oh, excuse me. Starazzi. Yeah. Um, and the show is basically, the premise is, can you be the paparazzi? For the paparazzi, can you 
interview the interviewers? Can you haggle the hagglers? Mm. Can you, the guys that are trying to ruffle up your feathers, can you ruffle their feathers? They want to ask me questions about, you know, if I'm going to the league, if I'm doing this, you know, you know, I, you know, there's been situations I've been getting off planes, out of cars, they ask me all these questions, and I always thought to myself, well, what if I, well, let me ask you some questions, mm -hmm. you know? In order to get the question answered, take the ball from me, or mm -hmm. I'm not answering it. And you see what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the stuff. Baby. It's a nice, nice premise, and it brings a lot of light to things that the society in a whole is probably seeing but not embracing. The fact that paparazzi has... I want to literally say ruined a lot of our the the most popular stars mm. of my our generation it changed their lives. Yeah. So imagine if Michael Jackson had no paparazzi. Mm. You yeah. know. Yeah, I hear that. You know, certain things. You know, just to bring that light to it is what the show is about. Yeah, so. I think I think the intentions behind the paparazzi person is what makes it good and bad. Because you got some people who just on the red carpet taking pictures, posting it, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But the ones that try to catch you doing something bad and sell it to the tabloid, the TMZ, or whatever, well, that's the ones that you got to look out for. <coughs> you know, that's some water right there. Yeah. If you want it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I think the intentions behind the, the photographer, whoever's behind that camera, is what makes or break the paparazzi in a good yeah. or bad light. I would agree. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought about taking acting seriously? No. Nah, why not? I don't know. I just never tried. I will. I, I'm I'm a I'm a big seasonal person. I, mm. I don't put things out according to the times. You know that that clock that we live under. I don't think it's right. Mm. <laughs> so okay. I keep myself at an even pace. So I'm never too fast or too slow. I'm always trying to quote unquote win. Mm. I don't think it's winning. I just think it's consistency. You just want to keep yourself. I'm good at what I'm doing, and I always will be because. I wake up like an animal for it. Mm. And it's not regular for me. You know, I don't feel tired. I don't feel restless. I don't. I wake up like a machine. It's time to go torture. And then I go back to sleep, shut down, put my body on the charger, wake up and do it again. Yeah. So, you know, in a nutshell. Nah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. no, because I actually came out here to pursue acting, like I told you before. And uh, I noticed that, like, it's just, it's like the backyard. Like, Hollywood is like your backyard, so the yeah. opportunity is there. But when I speak to people who are locals, it's like a lot of them, either they're in it 100% or they're not in it at all. At all. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's right there. The opportunity is there. Like, why well, not give it a shot? But you know. Well, the thing is, if the opportunity is there, obviously, but you're in Hollywood. Everyone... People probably walking around down there right now with scripts, reading them, sitting in coffee shops, trying to get noticed, and so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a big pool. So mm -hmm. I believe that uh, I can act because I'm just be myself. Um, um, I, I didn't even think about that. I might want to go into that. Thank you. Say, hey, that. my brother. Hey, that's what I'm here to do, man. You know, I just broke the new. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Uh, I'm on my way to acting school. Hey, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Nah, I believe anybody could do it because, you know, I did some independent films in Florida, but when I came here, I see <clears> how structured and how real it was, and it kind of, like, made me level up. But, like you said, it is easy because you'd be yourself. Even if you're playing a different character, you're playing that character as, as yourself, yourself because it's, like, it's what you bring to it that mm -hmm. makes it shine. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, it, the, the hardest thing for me was... 
just learning the lines. You know, I was already confident. I didn't mind being around people, in front of people, yeah. in front of the camera. You know what I mean? So Those I just had lines. to learn my lines. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. know who I was playing and become one with that character. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. So that's that's really all you need. But with your look, you know, you probably get typecasted. So you know what I'm saying? Probably. It's, you know, you can you can play that role all day. All you, day. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about it is, I believe that there's always a you know that's that's the challenge of each man and woman. Mm-hmm. Push yourself to you know see if you can step into different avenues and give it your all. So. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna try to do that. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. And off camera, I'll give you some websites that I'm a, a member of that yeah. send you opportunities based on the, uh, the demographic. The, yeah, the, 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 not demographic, but the the criteria you fit. You know, uh, whether you're five six, tatted up, skinny, yeah, yeah. dreads, braids, whatever, and then yeah. you just put that down. They send you opportunities of people looking for that. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, oh I mean, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's what I came to here. Once I found that information, it's like ten top websites. I joined all of them. Mm, you know what I'm had saying? To. Had to, man, because yeah. this is what I do full time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not, I did the nine to five. I worked sales for 10 years straight. Oh, you Saved some bread, met my girl, she's doing her thing, so we came out here together and yeah. made it happen. There you go. So, you know, failure ain't an option for me. You know it's what I'm saying? I'm sure it ain't for you as oh, well. Oh, no, no, no. You gotta keep pushing. No doubt, man, no doubt. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I don't think I have any more questions, man. I just, mm. I just think. Uh, you know, I wish you much success in what you're doing. It was a pleasure that I met you. Thank Keep you. breaking those motherfucking ankles. Because we <laughs> are course. enjoying it. Of you course. know what I'm saying? And uh, I look forward to working with you in the near future. And it, whether course. it's helping with the homeless or helping you find some acting opportunities yeah. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I appreciate that. And one thing I want to say also, thank you for having me mm-hmm. on the show. And, um, you know, one thing I want the kids to know from just listening to this. If you don't take anything from this, remember that. If you let God lead your life, you don't have to take the worst steps. He's going to show you the bad ones and the good ones, and then you'll be able to determine it too. It's happened in my life. Not sure if everybody can relate to that, but just food for thought. You know, let God let God lead you, and sometimes things will open up for you that you never thought. I agree. It worked for me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. The bone collector in the building. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching. And cut, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at that. You're a comedian now. That's you're gonna yeah. get you on some comedic movie. I didn't think about that. I could do acting shit too. I'm telling you, bro. And it's they pay bread. They pay that bread. You know what I'm saying? And once you get into the union, oh my.